worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's 4 o'clock. A presidential promise of an anti-COVID surge. This is going to allow millions of more Americans to get vaccinated. Jurors for a second Trump impeachment trial. So all senators now rise and raise their right hand. And a traffic jam on the information superhighway. Verizon apparently had a cut line in New York. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Tom Foti in Washington. With not enough COVID vaccine to meet demand or even come close, the new president promises something of a vaccine surge and soon. We start with correspondent Natalie Brand. President Biden is revealing more details about how he'll expand vaccine distribution. We will both increase the supply uh, in the short term by more than 15 percent and give our states and local partners more certainty about when the deliveries will arrive. The administration says it will purchase 200 million more doses. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50 percent. From 400 million order to 600 million. U.S. COVID deaths now near 424,000. Members of the U.S. Senate have been formally sworn in as jurors for the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. And on a narrow vote, they have rejected a Republican effort to avoid that trial. But the vote itself could be an early sign of how the outcome will go with 67 votes needed for conviction. The motion was brought forth by Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. It was thrown out. It makes no sense whatsoever that a president or any official could commit a heinous crime against our country and then defeat Congress's impeachment powers. The vote, 55 to 45, which may be a strong indicator of the slim odds for a conviction. The trial is expected to begin February 9th. Stacey Lynn, CBS News, Capitol Hill. And there's word tonight that Vermont Senator Pat Leahy, the senior Democrat who's scheduled to preside over that trial, is now in a Washington hospital. A couple of midwinter storms are making travel difficult, dangerous even in parts of the country, closing schools and virus testing sites. The dangerous weather system dumped more than a foot of snow in parts of the Midwest, causing multiple accidents and collisions. We can't keep that snow melted fast enough. Street crews in Omaha are struggling to clean up the snow, and the city is under a snow emergency declaration until further notice. Drivers as far west as Arizona were warned not to travel. Snow buried northern parts of the state. Gusts of nearly 50 miles per hour snapped power lines near Phoenix. Correspondent Michael George, now this. And good afternoon to you. This is Portland's Afternoon News on FM News 101 KXL. I'm Tim Lance. First of all, of course, it's what a lot of you were talking about here this afternoon. The snow is falling around the Portland area. Joining us right now is meteorologist Miles Higa with the National Weather Service. So, Miles, we're seeing the snowfall in downtown Portland, but it doesn't seem to be sticking here, at least not on the roads or the buildings. Where is the snow sticking? this afternoon yes uh, in the portland metro area once you get uh, a little bit above the valley floor say crossing uh, 
26 at Sylvan at that elevation, around 500 feet or so. It's uh, sticking, sticking to the roads and sides of roads, and also uh, further west and west of town, the Twelfton Valley. Um, you get a little bit above the valley floor there, and it's you got some light uh, sticking snow. Yeah. And and that's pretty much what we had expected uh, in the forecast going back to, I guess, even yesterday, right? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Okay. So what can we expect for uh, the rest of this afternoon and on into this evening or maybe even early tomorrow morning? Well, for the rest of the afternoon, probably in the next uh, hour or two, um, the snow will be tapering off and kind of uh, easing overnight, changing mainly to a mix of rain and snow at the valley floor and some light flurries, uh, you know, about 500 feet to 1,000 feet. And by tomorrow morning, um, what's left on the ground should be having a slow melt because the temperatures will be pretty close to freezing overnight, so it'll be a slow melt for the snow. Um, and just a few showers uh, during the day tomorrow. Okay, and, and looking ahead to the rest of the week, if you can get out your crystal ball for us, more snow on the way, or is it going to be mostly rain for the Portland area? Uh, looks like just a rain pattern setting up for us. Okay, so pretty much more of the same. All right, that is meteorologist Miles Higa with the National Weather Service here in Portland joining us, and we thank uh, Miles very much. And, of course, we're going to be on the weather for you all afternoon long, letting you know the very latest on this storm. Meantime, Governor Kay Brown today unveiling the latest COVID-19 risk levels in Oregon, and most of Oregon's counties are going to remain in the extreme risk category. However, the governor has made a change for indoor activities in that category. So starting this Friday, a maximum of six people are going to be allowed inside places like gyms, but also theaters and museums, as long as those facilities are larger than 500 square feet in size. For facilities smaller than that, the new guidance allows for a one-to-one ratio of customers and employees. Now, that's going to allow for some personal training, and but masks, distancing, and cleaning protocols are going to remain in place. The Oregon Health Authority today, too, reporting 796 new COVID-19 cases and 22 more deaths from the virus. Multnomah County reporting 195 new cases, while Clackamas County says they've got 100, and Washington County has 37. There are 308 Oregonians hospitalized for the virus today. That is 12 fewer than Monday. 70 of those patients are in ICU beds, but that is five less than yesterday. Well, even as cases continue to decline, we're learning that it may be weeks or even months before every Portland area person in Phase 1A gets their first dose of a vaccine. Here's KXL's Grant McHill. The vaccination sign-up survey for Tri-County residents in the first phase that went live January 12th is now closed. More than 60,000 eligible people applied for vaccines through this survey. We were able to send invitations for vaccination to about 11,000 people. Multnomah County Public Health Director Jessica Guernsey says it comes down to supply versus demand. More people eligible than we actually have vaccine in the metro area. She says if you didn't receive an invite, you're directed to a scheduling tool on the Oregon Health Authority website. We're in a situation where we're going to have to do real-time quality improvement to make this work better. The first piece didn't work. Grant McHill, FM News 101. Police say they don't believe yesterday's hit-and-run crashes had anything to do with terrorism. 
KXL's Jim Ferretti has our update on that story. Ten people in all were hit by the small SUV between Southeast 33rd and 13th Avenues. Six people in all went to the hospital. One of them died. Detectives say two of the victims were on bikes. The rest were pedestrians. The first calls to 911 started about noon when people reported erratic driving near 26th and Stark. About an hour later, the first person was hit at 33rd and Pine Street. Witnesses tell police the driver was going 50 to 60 miles per hour through the neighborhood. Detectives say they have found no evidence of terrorism or find any bias indicators. They also do not believe the driver's actions were politically motivated. Jim Ferretti, FM News 101. Also, police have identified 77-year-old Jean Garrett as the woman who died yesterday. Her family says she had five grandchildren and she had been living in the Portland area for about 48 years. Welcome back to Portland's Afternoon News on FM News 101 KXL. I'm Tim Lance. And a reminder, coming up at 4.30, we're going to check in with the Washington County Sheriff's Office to get you more information on the roads because of the snow that has been falling this afternoon. But right now, some Hollywood heavyweights are said to be using their star status to jump the line ahead of people who are waiting to get vaccinated for COVID-19. According to a report in Variety, movie execs have been tapping private physicians and concierge services to receive their shots. Beverly Hills-based Dr. Robert Huizinga confirmed to Variety that his practice has been offered more than $10,000 by members of the entertainment industry who were desperate to get vaccinated. Dr. Art Kaplan specializes in medical ethics at NYU. He calls that bad behavior that should not be condoned. Phil Hewlett, NBC News Radio. Time for the five things you need to know today. First of all, police investigating Monday's fatal hit-and-run incidents in southeast Portland are declining to call what happened an act of terrorism. One of the victims was hurt so badly that she died, and she has been identified as 77-year-old Jean Garrich. Uh, that woman was a grandmother of five, and apparently she had lived in Portland for nearly 50 years. The suspect is said to be in custody. Verizon Communications saying that its network performance and service levels are returning to normal now. This comes as thousands of users from as far as Boston to Washington, D.C. reported issues with Verizon and also with Comcast services. Now, Comcast is saying that they had not experienced any kind of widespread issues, but some Twitter users complained of problems. On Twitter, Verizon support said its issues were not caused by a, sever, a severed fiber line in the Brooklyn, New York area, as previously had been thought. The Senate is going ahead with Donald Trump's second impeachment trial after a Republican attempt today to dismiss it failed. CBS News correspondent Stacey Lynn has the latest for us. The motion was brought forth by Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. It was thrown out. It makes no sense whatsoever that a president or any official could commit a heinous crime against our country and then defeat Congress's impeachment powers. The vote 55 to 45, which may be a strong indicator of the slim odds for a conviction. The trial is expected to begin February 9th. Stacy Lynn, CBS News, Capitol Hill. Right, and as Stacy put it, the today's vote considered a pretty good indication of how this could go, this trial could go. They're going to need at least a dozen more Republicans to join with the GOP senators who sided with the Democrats today to vote for conviction. For the next three weeks, the Biden administration saying that they're going to be ramping up distribution of the COVID vaccine by 16 percent. 
Mr. Biden says there should be enough vaccine to protect 300 million Americans by the end of this summer. From this week forward, God willing, we'll ensure that states, tribes, and territories will now always have a reliable three-week forecast what's the supply they're going to get. That is supposed to make it easier for the states to accurately plan for injections. And the first inaugurations of Presidents Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama, the only ones to exceed Joe Biden's in popularity among television viewers over the last 40 years. Nearly 34 million people watched Biden's inauguration. And those are the five things that you need to know today.